Hi, everyone. I'm Tim Muma, and you're listening to Management Decisions here on localjobnetwork.com radio. On Management Decisions, we're aiming to offer guidance to those in upper management and those individuals making some big decisions within their organization. Now, these choices often include risk, but there may often be hesitation and doubt. Our guest for today's episode argues there are particular types of risks, however, that every leader should be taking. Joining LJ and Radio is Doug Dickerson. He's the Executive Director of Management Moment Leadership Services, as well as an award-winning columnist, author, and leadership speaker, and he brings more than 25 years of leadership experience within both businesses and nonprofits. Doug, thanks for coming on the show today. Oh, Tim, it's a delight to be with you. Thank you so much for the invitation. I'm delighted to be with you today. Again, the topic of risk is something that uh, we do talk about on various shows that we've had, maybe taking different angles. But I wanted to start by asking you, in general, how do you define risk? Well, Tim, I think risk is us stepping out of our comfort zone. Mm-hmm. We Many people have a love-hate relationship as it pertains to risk. And I think one of the biggest fears as it relates to it, at least from where I look at it, is you're afraid to make a mistake. Mm-hmm. What if I put myself out there and I fail or something goes wrong or whatever? And so that's one of the things that holds us back. But I think this love-hate relationship as it pertains to risk, we we are creatures of comfort by nature, I believe. And so, you know, we're content to admire risk takers from a distance, but too often we're not willing to go there ourselves. So I think a short, quick definition is being able to step out of that comfort zone, saying, okay, you know, I've calculated everything, you know, I'm careful, I've been prudent, I've done my homework, but now it's time to step out and do it. It can be scary and it can be frightening if we're we're not careful. Right, right. Now, what I find intriguing is you did mention that oftentimes individuals will look from a distance and admire those risk takers. What is it about their personality or their execution that people tend to, at least in some way, want to emulate? Well, I think if you look at some of the big risk takers that, you know, the names you can just spout off right off the top of your head. You can look at people like Bill Gates, for example, or you can look at Jeff Bezos, for example, from Amazon. Here's a guy that, you know, people that gave up a lot of success in a different field, stepped out to take a risk to do something and became a success. You look at um, Bill Gates dropped out of college, or you look at someone like Steven Spielberg, for example, someone that, you know, applied to three different film schools, rejected time and again, finally, you know, was able to achieve a level of success. So part of it is we admire risk takers. We really do because we think, wow, you know, look at what they did. They took the risk. They stepped out and did it. But I think the disconnect, Tim, is that that's something for them. That's something the other person does. That's something that this person achieved because they had the right breaks or they had the right financing or they had the right pedigree or whatever. We admire them. We think, wow, what a great story. But for some reason, we don't internalize it. We're afraid to believe that what this person achieved and what this person accomplished is something with hard work and determination is something that we also can accomplish if we will take the step to do it. And that is a risk. And sometimes fear holds us back from doing that. Well, let's dive into, yeah, let's dive into maybe some specifics there. You know, again, you had an idea of three risks that every leader should take. And I guess I'll sort of open it up to you if you want to introduce the listeners to the first one or one that you see as, as being one of great value. Let's start with that first one from that I, I, I've mentioned here. That first one is the risk of being alone. Because mm-hmm. I write a lot about leadership. Leadership can be, be very lonely. I think it was John Maxwell <laughs> that said, it's lonely at the top. Right. You better know why you're there. So leadership can 
be a lonely proposition. And it's not that you don't have friends or that you don't have associates or colleagues or people that you're close to or whatever. But as it relates to leadership and as it relates to taking risk, um, it can be a lonely proposition. So you have to take, make the risk or calculate the risk of being alone or going it alone. Mm-hmm. And so you have to make hard choices. You have to make hard decisions. You have to make sacrifices. You have to do things that put you in position to make that risk pay off and be worthwhile. So sometimes people are not going to understand that. They're not going to buy into it. They're not going to see the uh, big picture like you do, for example, or the end goal in mind. So there are times that, you know, it's going to cause you to stand alone when you have to make those difficult decisions when you're forging new paths or pursuing your dreams. Not everyone is going to go there with you. Not everyone, I contend, necessarily needs to go there with you. But the risk of being alone, Tim, is going to be measured against the comfort of the crowd. Mm-hmm. It's going to be measured against the accolades of the admirers, and it's going to be measured against the security of your company. Those are three, I think, key things that we gravitate towards the comfort of the crowd. You know, we like to be part of a group, like to be part of a team. We like to be part of an association. We like to be, you know, have that security from in numbers. And sometimes to take a risk and to step out to achieve your dreams and goals, sometimes means you're going to have to go it alone. And so sometimes it's that, that sacrifice. Am I willing to if necessary, stand alone, go it by myself or not. So you have to do that. So these are things that you have to take into consideration when you're talking about the risk that you have to take. One of them is simply that. It is a risk of being alone. doesn't mean you're going to be. It just means that you have to be willing to go alone mm-hmm. if necessary. Right. Well, I think uh, along the a similar vein a little bit is the second one that you mentioned in there. And it's the idea of really the risk of being misunderstood. So obviously, I think people can make the correlation to having to stand alone, so to speak, and also on the other side, being misunderstood. What sort of areas would someone be misunderstood in or how would this be perceived among maybe your own organization or among your team? The risk of being misunderstood is that sometimes risk takers, they are just a different breed of people. <laughs> they, are, they are cut from a different cloth. And sometimes it's just really easy for people to misunderstand them. A lot of times you're big, major risk takers. They can be the, for example, they can be the visionary type of leader. I just wrote about that recently. But, you know, the visionaries, they are big idea people. They are the dreamers. They see things that perhaps the rest of the people around you don't see. Mm-hmm. And so they're going to risk you know, starting the business in a garage, they're going to be misunderstood, like perhaps Bill Gates was early on in his development, or Steve Jobs, for example. These are the types that will debt differently. They will risk being misunderstood. They are perceived as perhaps a little eccentric, unconventional at times in their approach, and they don't always play by the rules that, Mm. you know, it's just too easy to conform. So they're not necessarily the conformers. They're hard to figure out because Tim, they see the same world, but they don't see it through the same lens that you and I see it perhaps at times. But I say for that risk taker, that person, if you're willing to be misunderstood, there's a whole new world before you that awaits you that can be unveiled before you. And you you can achieve those goals and you can achieve those dreams. But if you're fine with being misread, if you're fine with being mislabeled or misunderstood, you don't mind taking the risk, then this is something for you. But the key to success for this particular type of risk is that you can't 
allow the fear of what others think keep you from fulfilling your destiny. Sure. Making those decisions that people are going to take a step back and scratch their heads and say, what in the world is he doing? <laughs> this doesn't make any sense. Why would Jeff Bezos from Amazon give up a very lucrative, high-paying job to go start Amazon when, you know, by all accounts, he's already a success. He mm-hmm. already has a paid, but he has this idea. You know, Fred Smith that founded FedEx on his thesis paper, he wrote about starting an overnight delivery service. And his professor gave him a C grade on the paper and said, <laughs> you know, in order for this to work, it has to be feasible, you know? Right. And so, of course, I'm sure the professor's now eating those words. You know, he went on to found FedEx. But that's the type of person that you can put it out there, you can share it, you can explain it, you can make people aware of what you want to do, and they're going to scratch their heads and say, what? You know, this doesn't make any sense. But if you're willing to carry that label and be misunderstood, whatever, then you can go for it and you can, you know, achieve your dreams and and be successful. But you have to embrace that risk that people are going to think you're kind of (laughs) strange. Now, one area that I do find interesting within uh, that idea of being misunderstood is that, of course, you know, you may be, you could be a leader in an organization. You may not be at the top. You still have people that you'll be reporting to or, or maybe, you know, towing that line as far as, um, as you said, following the rules, maybe uh, this type of personal challenge tradition. What do you offer up as uh, some advice maybe for the individual who feels like they, they want to challenge some things within an organization, they want to sort of push the envelope a little bit, but they're not in that executive position where they can call those shots? What do you do if you're that person in that situation? That's a common place to find themselves. And, right. that, you know, I, I would say, first of all, don't give up on your dream. Don't give up on what is in your heart that you want to do and be patient. Your time will come. And I think a very important principle here, I think, in terms of leadership is simply this to, you know, you can get what you want. I forget off the top of my head, I forget the, I think of uh, Zig Ziglar, but you can get what you want when you help other people achieve what they want. So, you know, keep your perspective, keep your priority, you know, especially in the workplace. If you're kind of that mid-level career person, don't slack off on what your commitments are and what you're supposed to be doing. But I simply say, don't give up on that dream that you have. Your break will come. Keep presenting ideas. Keep putting yourself out there. And when the time's right, that break will come. But, you know, you don't shelve it. You don't put it on the back burner. You you keep it close, but keep your priorities right as well. Sure. Well, that brings us to the third risk that every leader should take in your mind. What, uh, what would that be for those that are listening? That third risk is the risk of not being like everyone else. Mm-hmm. You see, Tim, every leader's journey is different. An environment in which one leader thrives might be an environment that is a disaster for another person. So, what motivates you in terms of your dreams, what motivates you in terms of your life purpose and goals may hold no appeal to even your closest friends. Mm-hmm. But that's the beauty of the risk. Your aim is not about conforming to everyone else around you, but rather discovering what is true about yourself and chasing after it. You know, everybody runs a different race, Tim. My race is different from yours and yours is different from the next person's, but that's the beauty of it. So it's not that my race is better. It's just that my race is different. My dreams are different. My aspirations are different. And that's going to be the case for each person. So I think what's important is understanding and embracing what is unique about you, what is the dreams, the aspirations, the goals that you have, 
embracing what's unique about you and going for it. But it's about not trying to become what someone else wants you to become or conforming to what they think you should do. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, your ambitions and dreams are going to require actions that you have to take, but it's about fulfilling and doing what you feel that you're called to do and the purpose that you are to fulfill while you're here on this earth and doing it. Now, with that, as we talked from the beginning, of course, the idea of risk in any capacity often makes people a little nervous or they're unsure where to start or how they can get past that maybe initial fear, however you want to phrase that. How do you help someone change that perspective of maybe looking at all the things that could go wrong to what could go right or what the positives are regardless of the outcome? How do you, where do you start with that? What's essential is define it. What is the goal? What is the dream? Break it down into the small parts. What are the things that I can do today to make this a reality? It may be just one baby step that mm-hmm. I take. You know, I, I've written two books. I'm writing the third. It can be an overwhelming task, for example, to think about it in terms of the big picture. But when I break it down into bite-sized pieces, when I break it down into chapters, you know, it's not quite so overwhelming. Right. It's a little bit more attainable and takes a little of the fear out of it or the feeling of, wow, I'm just overwhelmed with this. So with whatever your goal, whatever your task is, whatever it is that you're setting out to do, break it down, identify it. Of course, you have to identify, you have to know where you're going, what you want to do, but then break it down into small pieces. Take your baby steps in getting there. I think one of the essential things for anyone regardless of what it is, is find yourself a good mentor or coach that has achieved that level of success that you're striving for in whatever field or whatever area it might happen to be. So pick their brains, talk to them. I, you know, I talk to a lot of different authors and writers and people that have accumulated much more success than I have and try to learn from them. So you have to you know, take that big dream, take that big picture, but break it down into bite-sized pieces. And, and when you do that, it doesn't quite, you know, it doesn't seem quite so overwhelming. It doesn't seem quite so intimidating. Master it one small step at a time. And when you do that, you can look back and say, wow, what was I so afraid of? Mm-hmm. This was not quite, you know, as bad as I thought it was going to be. And it's only because you work towards that end result incrementally, steps at a time that you take to achieve it and overcome it. And when you do that, you can look back and say that, you know, you know, I did it and I'm proud that, you know, I was able to accomplish this dream or this task or whatever. And, you know, and just stick with it. It's tenacity. It's, it's, you know, plotting away with it one day at a time. You can look at these quote unquote overnight successes and you read the backstory and right. you read the stories, Tim, you know how it works. That <laughs> overnight success was 25 years in the making, you right. know? So it's just, um, you know, that you can achieve it. You can, you can realize it. Well, Doug, again, I appreciate you coming on, giving us some, uh, some nice insight there and also uh, some quality, tangible pieces of advice people can take away from our conversation. Uh, once again, thanks for coming on and sharing. We do appreciate it. Thank you for all that you're doing and uh, the encouragement that you bring to so many people. Thank you for this, this opportunity to be with you today. Thank you very much for the kind words. And with that, we will wrap up this edition of Management Decisions. Once again, we've been talking with Doug Dickerson. He's the Executive Director at Management Moment Leadership Services. You can also find more uh, on his leadership column online. That's at dougsmanagementmoment.blogspot.com. And if you would like to get in touch with us here at LJN Radio, just shoot an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions, you can also find us on Twitter at the LJN and join in the conversation there. Go ahead and utilize hashtag LJN Radio 
specifically. Now for everyone here at LJN Radio, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody.